Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Mike and this is Zoe. Hello. And the ghostly footsteps you can hear are our upstairs neighbours. No, it's not. It's the poltergeist. Okay. I wish it was a bloody poltergeist. At least we could have it banished. Anyway. That's just mean. Yeah. It was probably here before us. What, the poltergeist? Yeah. Yeah. Double anyway. (laughs) It's a Zoe episode. It is. Take it away. Okay. So, as you know, Mike, a few weeks ago, we saw our lovely friends, Sam and Dave. And as always, we talked about all sorts of random things, which included what we've been watching recently. And we started talking about American Horror Story. You haven't really seen any of them, have you? Uh, I've seen about half a season one. Okay, so that's Murder House, isn't it? I don't know. You don't know. Okay, so the premise for the show, if you haven't seen it, is that each season centres around a particular urban legend or period in history or a subject in American history. The subject generally makes you feel a little uneasy, uncomfortable, and, you know, it's horror. So, Mm. yeah. And they're all based on real things, you know? We talked about our favourites and started discussing season five, which is Hotel. Yeah. And Sam was like, oh, I don't really like it. And she didn't realise it was actually in part inspired by real life events. So this episode is for Sam. Hmm. And it is called Murder Castle. Herman Webster Mudgett. You might also know him as Dr. Henry Holmes or... H.H. Holmes. He is recognised as one of America's very first serial killers, and his story is one of much murder and bigamy and then trigamy, which I wasn't even aware was a thing. Anyway, I'm going to call him Holmes because, you know, he was greedy and had many names. Holmes was born in New Hampshire on the 16th of May, 1861. He would end up being the middle of five children to devout Methodists Levi and Theodate Mudgett. Although many have searched for signs in his childhood that may have led to his later obsession with killing, it seems that he had a relatively normal childhood with hard-working parents. He was a bright child with an interest in medicine. At 16, he finished school and got a job as a teacher. And at 17, he married Clara Lovering and their son Robert was born on the 3rd of February, 1880. When Holmes was 18, he enrolled in the University of Vermont, but left after only a year as the school did not live up to his expectations. In 1882, he attended the University of Michigan. During this time, he studied in the Department of Medicine and Surgery, working in the anatomy lab. Previously, he had also apprenticed in New Hampshire under Naheem White, an advocate of human dissection. He admitted later that during this time he used cadavers from the college to defraud insurance companies. By the time Holmes graduated in 1884, Clara had left him due to his violent temperament. This is where things take a darker turn. Holmes moved to New York, where he was seen with a young boy who later went missing. He said the boy had gone home. Oddly, no investigation took place, and Holmes quietly moved on. Once in Philadelphia, he took a job in a drugstore. It was at this point he met and married Marta Belknap, while still married to Clara. He did try and file for divorce, but nothing actually came of it, so they all stayed married. There's the bigamy. 
During this time, a young boy died after taking medication purchased in the store. Holmes denied all knowledge of anything to do with the death, but again, quietly moved on. This time, he headed to Chicago. It was here he changed his name from Herman to Henry Holmes, as he didn't want his past catching up to him. Holmes and Marta had a daughter named Lucy in 1889. When Holmes moved to Chicago, he started working at Elizabeth S. Hilton's drugstore. Eventually, Holmes would buy the store from the owners. In 1887, he also bought a plot of land opposite the drugstore. He started to build a two-story structure that would include apartments, retail space, and a new drugstore. But in true Holmes fashion, the process was anything but smooth. A creditor named John Debriel died in the drugstore. It's unsure if this was anything to do with Holmes, but we do know that he refused to pay both the architects and the steel company and was subsequently sued in 1888. To keep the whole design a mystery, and to hide his true intent, he was continually hiring and firing contractors. The locals nicknamed the building The Castle. After placing adverts in the local newspaper for people to work at The Castle, Holmes began an affair with a married woman he'd employed. She would become one of his first victims. When her husband found out, he left, leaving Julia and her daughter Pearl behind. Julia continued her affair with Holmes until both she and her daughter went missing on Christmas Eve in 1891. He claimed she had died during an abortion. But that doesn't explain why Pearl also went missing at the same time. In 1892, he informed investors that he had decided to add a third floor to his building, intending to use it as a hotel for the patrons of the upcoming 1893 World Fair, which was happening just three miles away. This wasn't the case. In fact, the finished building bore little resemblance to the designs put forward to investors by Holmes. At street level, there was a storefront, but above this was a floor of torture rooms with chutes that led to the basement. There was a large furnace, acid vats and quicklime graves. On the top floor there were more apartments, with soundproof rooms, mazes of hallways, a hundred windowless rooms, 51 doors that led to nowhere, trapdoors, hidden rooms, peepholes, and stairs that led nowhere. Holmes continued to do what he did, which seemed to be con people, have affairs, and kill. He would start relationships, only to have the women mysteriously disappear after naming him the beneficiary of their life insurance. Emmeline Sagrande started to work for Holmes in the building in May of 1892 and had disappeared by December. Edna Van Tassel is believed to be another victim. Neighbours commented that so many women went in, but often didn't come out. All of Holmes' employees had to have life insurance. He even paid for it, but on one condition, that he was the beneficiary, just in case they should befall a tragic accident. It was around this time that Holmes met and befriended Benjamin Patezel. Patezel was a carpenter with a criminal past, and the two hit it off, becoming literal partners in crime. They travelled the country, swindling and conning as they went. In April 1893, he met a small-time actress named Minnie Williams. He offered her a job at his hotel, and she accepted. 
he convinced her to transfer the deeds of her house to a man named Bond, one of his own aliases. Holmes then signed the deed to Petizel, but used an alias for him too. But wait, what is a con without a murder or two? Minnie's sister Annie came to visit. She wrote to her aunt saying that she was going to Europe, and Annie and Minnie were not seen alive after the 5th of July, 1893. No one knows what happened to them. Holmes did keep his income topped up by selling skeletons to medical labs and schools. And I think we know where he got those from, don't we? After leaving Chicago behind him, Holmes went to Fort Worth, where he stayed in a property previously belonging to Minnie. However, he continued to attempt to start businesses and build without paying his way. And in July 1894, he was arrested for selling mortgaged goods and spent a short time in jail. While he was there, he met Marion Hedgepeth. They concocted a plan. Holmes would take out a $10,000 life insurance policy and then fake his own death. Hedgepeth would get paid $500 for recommending a discreet lawyer. Jephthah Howe was excited by Holmes' plan, and it almost worked, but the insurance company became suspicious and didn't pay out. Not to be put off, he tried again with his friend Petizel. This time, Petizel would fake his own death, and his wife would receive $10,000, which would then be split between Holmes and Jephthah Howe. After much planning, setting up, creating aliases, and finding a cadaver to take Petizel's place, Holmes just thought, wouldn't it be easier to kill him? Which he did. So, using the genuine corpse of Petizel, Holmes was able to collect the insurance money. Petizel's wife didn't suspect a thing, and even went so far as to allowing Holmes to take three of her five children travelling across America to supposedly meet up with her husband again in a secret place. She never saw them again. He ended up murdering the children, burying two girls in a basement of a rented house, and burning the body of the young boy in a fireplace. During this time, Holmes also found time to marry Georgiana Yoke, while still married to Myrta and Clara. So, trigger me. Hedgepeth was angry that he had been cut out of the original scam, and told the police about the setup. And in 1894, Holmes was finally arrested in Boston for horse theft in Texas, while the police looked into the matter. After investigating Holmes and finding the body of the Petizel's children, the police began to investigate more thoroughly. This was not just a case of a thief and a con man. After his arrest, police entered what would now become known as the Murder Castle. They found rooms with hinged walls, false partitions, secret tunnels and even gas chambers airtight rooms connected to gas pipes. Gassed victims were sent down chutes to the basement where Holmes would dissect them and sell their bones and organs on the black market or to medical institutions. In 1895, the hotel was gutted by fire, a victim of an arson attack. Who's to say not sent by Holmes himself in an attempt to cover his tracks? He would eventually confess to killing 27 people, although it turned out that some of those folks were actually still alive. But it was only one murder that was needed to sentence him to death, and that was the murder of his business partner, Petizel. He was executed by hanging in May of 1896, shortly before his 35th birthday. A con artist, 
a murderer and a compulsive liar. Even when he confessed, it was impossible to know for sure if what he said was true. He was paid £7,500 for his confession by a newspaper, so maybe he just wanted to give them their money's worth. He even went so far as to retract his statement on the gallows, saying he'd only ever actually killed two people. But some have estimated that the body count is above 200. But unfortunately, we'll never know. After death, Holmes had requested that his body was buried 10 feet down and his coffin was encased in cement. It seemed the man who had mutilated and dissected so many bodies didn't want his own to suffer a similar fate. In 2017, it came to light that there were allegations that Holmes had not actually been executed. So his body was exhumed and tested. When they opened the coffin, they found that his body had not decomposed normally due to the concrete. His clothes were almost perfectly preserved and his moustache was found intact. He was identified by dental records and reburied. What do you think? Hmm. So I know the name and I knew that he was a, a serial killer, but I didn't know he was kind of one of the first. Yeah. I didn't know he would. He was married so many times. Honestly, it seemed like literally... I couldn't get over the fact that this all happened in the space of a handful of years. I was like, yeah. he travelled the whole country, he managed to get married at least three times, have yeah. at least two children that we know of, officially, yeah. had multiple affairs, killed multiple people, set up like various buildings in like, you know, literally it seemed like everywhere he went, he started to build stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And they don't know, because he had so many aliases as well, if they even covered all of the buildings that he owned. Yeah. Yeah, and all his weird murder house with all the, the strange bits and pieces. That actually put me in mind of the... Winchester, Winchester house? Winchester house, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with all its kind of doors and stairs that go nowhere yeah. and do nothing kind of thing. Yeah. But I do think there's a, a, a burning question that I've got. Go on then. So if... Bigamy is being married twice, once in theory legally, once illegally. Yeah. And trigamy is being married three times, once legally and twice illegally. Right. Where do we go from there? Is it quagamy? Quagamy. Pentamy? Oh, pentamy. I was going to say syncomy. Sexamy? Which kind of sounds like it should be good. It should be. Yeah. Septamy, octamy, nonamy. Decamy. And then decamy. You would get decked, wouldn't you, in the end? Well, you would, yeah. Bop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because when I saw it written, I was like, what on earth? Re- what? And, and yeah, then reading, I went, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I know of Holmes, and I think I've read a little bit about him before, but most of that was new information to me, so, yeah. And honestly, the, when you read the stories about him, it goes backwards and forwards. It's so confusing because he moved around so much. He was involved with so many people over such a short period of time. Yeah. I have only just touched on like a very basic timeline. Yeah. And tried to give bits kind of, of bullet infa- points yeah, almost. Yeah. From each area. But it just seems like, you know, he got when he, as soon as he started building that hotel, yeah. People started going missing. Yeah. He was advertising him, even though he was already married twice at that point, I think he was already advertising himself as a wealthy man looking for a wife. Right. He was advertising that, you know, he wanted... A- advertising how? Like publicly in the newspaper? In the newspaper. Or? Wow. Yeah. Hello, I'm a wealthy man. Any yes. ladies Would around? Would like to meet single... <laughs> Where are the ladies at? Single female with no <laughs> extended family. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're saying that, you know, people came <laughs> to go to the World Fair, booked in to the yeah. hotel, never yeah, yeah. left. Never left. So really, the links with hotel, the the, ser- the, the the season of American Horror Story is kind of very similar because there are a lot of guests there that, go that check in yeah. and don't check out. Yeah. Your checkout time was determined by him, not you. Exactly. At one point, it even said that his guests had to have life insurance. <laughs> but because he was paying for it... Nobody batted an eyelid. No one, everyone's like, oh, he's really generous paying for this life insurance. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, but if he's the one that gets the money, surely that's dodgy. Yeah, because like it's going to cost him a, whole, a, a lot less to pay for it than he'd get back exactly. in return. Exactly. If I went on holiday and the guy in the hotel went, oh, hey there, have you got life insurance? And I said, oh, no. He said, well, I'll pay for your life insurance, but as long as I get the money, I'm like, I, I do have a family and friends who yeah. you know might be interested. I mean, it was what? a different time, but still. Yeah. 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 And the, the thing at the very, very beginning, I'm like, I know student life can be difficult and money can be hard, but he was literally nicking bodies. Yeah. And mutilating them and setting them up in these like accidents and yeah. then claiming life insurance. Yeah. He, Madness. He, he was, was he was really imaginative, I'll give him that. Sure, well, yeah. But my God, terrifying. And he was only he wasn't even thirty five when he died, so he did all of that. Holy shit, he was busy. He was so busy. I mean, to be fair, he he got his first job at sixteen, left school and got a yeah. job as a teacher at got sixteen. Married at seven, seventeen. Seventeen say, first yeah. time. The first, yeah, first yeah. time. Yeah. Parent at eighteen and then a few more along the way. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess by the time he was sort of twenty, he was he was well away, wasn't he? He was like, yeah, right, yeah let's go. If he'd all lived over into the- his fifties. God, that's terrifying. And at the end of the day, it was all because he didn't give that guy five hundred dollars. Wow. So if he'd have paid that guy, he wouldn't have been really pissed off that he didn't get the money and he wouldn't have said to the police, Oh, by the way, he's um being a bit dodgy. Yeah. And if they hadn't have gone, Oh, okay, he's being a bit dodgy, let's see if we can get him on fraud. Oh yeah, he's got still got an outstanding warrant in Texas for stealing a horse. <laughs> We'll hold him on that and look into it. Oh, shit, we found the bodies of three kids. Uh, oh, shit, what else have we got? Yeah. Oh, shit, there's a whole freaking murder castle here. You know, I will say, though, I've, I've read two conflicting things. Right. One said the police went in and looked around the murder castle and although they found all of this place, they didn't find any evidence. Mm. But another one said, oh, there were, de- there were bodies in such states of decomposition. You couldn't tell who or what they were. Right. Loads of bones were found. There was no way of telling how many bodies there were. So yeah, yeah. there's like conflicting. But I, I yeah. get the feeling that there wouldn't have been. I feel like he was a very tidy person. And if you've got well, acid I mean, he still had and you've the, got the lime. forethought to sell the skeletons on. Well, Do you know what? Funnily enough, I've got a ready supply of skeletons. I've just got to get them to hatch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I just, it's like, uh, you, you literally just sold us a skeleton last week. Where have you got this one from? Oh, I found it wandering the street, you know, <laughs> thought I'd take it in. Kind of, yeah, almost literally. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, to, to have a place built with like acid baths and... Honestly, it's like... What shoot, was it? So quicklime graves and... Yeah, because you know like quicklime, it's literally I mean, like powdering it's away. You are gearing up for a, almost like a factory-like process there, literally, aren't Literally, that's what it was. And there was like, he had a whole like surgical like area down in the basement where he yeah. could dissect people. It was like, you know, yeah, it was... Yikes. I mean, the, the organisation, yeah. amazing... 
Like he had a body-sized furnace to get rid of anything else. He was was a brilliant project manager, kept to himself mostly. (laughs) Yeah. Really loved his work. But this is the thing, the, the third wife had no idea. Yeah. She did I don't even know if she knew about the two previous wives. Yeah. And at we, one point, I think, think when the not, police but... picked him up, they were like, Oh yeah, he was just about to flee the country with his missus. Right. And she knew nothing about it. I'm like, Oh my god, could you imagine? Just yeah. turning around going, What's the matter, darling? You've you've stolen a horse. Yes, yes, they've got I I, I accidentally I, I I thought I'd bought the horse, but it was the one beside it, and and I rode away, and then well, I I got off the horse and ran off, and well, that that's just outstanding. Oh, darling, what about the? Oh no, it must be a mistake. Oh, darling, what about this gigantic murder castle that turns out that you own? Oh no, that's not me, is it? Shit, which A-list did I use for that one? Oh my god. Yeah. And also, it sounds like he might have even bumped off some of the people that worked on the places. Yeah. Because he didn't want to pay them. Well, this is so, it. I mean, he was textbook psychopath. Honestly, the different the different stories, the different like some people say that he murdered. So basically, he started working in the the drugstore. Yeah. Initially, some people say that he bumped off the people who owned it initially. Other people say he bought it from them. They lived happily ever after. Mm. A lot of people say that a lot of people who worked on it mysteriously went missing or just didn't turn up to work. Yeah. And others say he was just hiring and firing, but doing it in such a way that no one really knew what was being built and what wasn't, which right. is really quite clever. And this is all stuff that's kind of echoed in American Horror Story as well. Yeah. It's terrifying to think that it was real. I mean, actually, American Horror Story doesn't go quite as far as he did. Right. Because although horrible stuff happens there, yeah. It's more just, oh, it's a hotel with rooms. There's not as many kind of, you know, torture chambers or such. It's yeah. just rooms with dodgy people in. Which you kind of think there would be for something like American Horror Story. Oh, no, it's it's still very good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not. I don't think it's my favourite series. What's uh, your favourite series? I I still really like Coven with the right. witches. It's just, it's really interesting. Mm. But, yeah, um, I think I've seen a bit of that one. Yeah. Because there's a bit where they're on like a Los Angeles-style drainage ditch, one of the really big ones that uh, I see a lot of skate videos happening, that kind of thing. Right. Where they're kind of all they're all stood and they're tied to stakes and stuff. Sort of oh, okay. Yes. When I'm I say thinking... drainage ditch, I'm talking like no, I think I've... wider than about three no. motorways. No, I know what the. I don't think I don't think it was a drain. It looked a lot okay. like it, but I think it was more like it was out in like a um, like a quarry or something like that because they end up okay. burning metal snow at the stake. Well, twice. I didn't want to say in case it was spoilers. Well, okay, we'll just miss that bit out then. <laughs> anyway, yeah, apparently he was quite a charming fellow. Yeah, well, he... psychopaths often are. I mean, to be fair though, he's a con man. Yeah. He's going to have a bit of, you know, gift of the gab, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Which is just terrifying. Yeah. But yeah, that's what they say. They say most most psychopaths learn to charm, yeah. become charming. I mean, Ted Bundy was of, talked about as being very charming. You know, he helped run a political campaign at one point. God. You know, and women got into cars with him and stuff because he was handsome and charming. And, then, and that's yeah. why when they say... Don't judge a book by its cover, and they're all—they're generally talking about like maybe people who don't look all that. But you've got to think that way about the people who do look like that as well, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yes. Do you? Sorry. Oh. Do you think it's where they got the inspiration for Funhouse from? <laughs> sure. Or is that a little bit too? Yeah, they just awful. decided to kind of tone down the acid baths into like yeah, into ball foam, pits, yeah, and ball, slime. ball pits and go karting so, um, and things like that. Funhouse, if you're not a child of the eighties and from the UK, and from the UK, was a kids' TV program by. Who was the host? Pat Sharp with his amazing yeah. mullet yeah. and the twins. Yeah. And basically kids would run around this massive kind of, what was it, like soft play, yeah. inflatable, ball pit, yeah. crazy, wacky fun house. It was, it, trying if, to if win you go the even further back, it was a little bit like it's a knockout for kids. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Thing. They basically, they had to, they had to just compete in various little silly challenges. Like they always ended up with them getting messy or... Yeah. You know, but the it was amazing. Yeah. It's massive. It was all one big studio setup, wasn't yeah, it? It wasn't yeah. like lots of little games, but yeah. everyone wanted to everyone go on those little go karts at yeah, the end, yeah, and you just scream at the TV, just going, "Just grab the fucking token!" And they never did. They just kind of they were driving <laughs> straight at it, and then for some reason would veer to the other side and go round it. And it's like, oh my yeah. god, you're a bunch of muppets. Anyway, yeah, maybe they didn't because you know. I think your childhood might have been slightly different to mine because if I'd have shouted that, I would have got belted round the head. I think I shouted at the TV, just like, "Oh my god, can't you see what you're going?" No. So nothing much changes then in your case. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. My wife, who likes to shout advice to fictional characters doing prescripted things that she cannot affect in any way whatsoever, and things I've seen multiple times. You never know. You never know. And, and and still refuses to understand that drama needs certain things to happen. And if everybody acted completely logically, there would be no film. I know, but do you know what? Or series I just, or whatever. I don't like it when people are unbelievably stupid. Because there are just certain things you don't do. Have you read the news lately? <laughs> Man gets head stuck in bin. It's going to be my favourite, favourite. Yeah. News line. I mean, you know, everything else aside, man gets head stuck in bin. Oh, wasn't there one where, like, a man went into A and E because he'd he had was it three Cadbury's cream eggs stuck up his bum? <laughs> I don't know. And all I could think of is, I wonder if he took the foil off. Because <laughs> 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 it would make it really scratchy. <laughs> I mean, you would think. And then, and then because that's, see, if that's just, the easy way to get them out as well. Because if, if, if you've still got the, the foil up, on, no, if you took the wrapper off and stuck them up there, all he has to do is really squeeze, and it'll be like a McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Mm. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see how McFlurries are made. No, <laughs> squeeze. I don't know how we can top that. We might as well end the episode now. In the series, yeah, in the podcast. Thanks That's for listening. It. That's it. I'm getting my weekends back. <laughs> oh, uh, dear me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I work Saturdays anyway. So. <laughs> You're never getting I'm, those. I'm back. not getting anything back. Oh, my voice went really weird then. Uh, yeah, you went a bit two toned, didn't you? Mm. I can't do it. I don't know what you were trying to do. Is it some kind of throat singing? It, it was very much like uh, some two. Oh. 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 Oh.
I have I, no I, idea how to do I that. I don't know what I'm doing. I just sound like a really bad didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> that one wonky didgeridoo left in the shop. That's it. That's me. What, do you know what? I was? I can't even remember what I was looking at. It might have been wonky browsing on Amazon <laughs> or it might have been an advert that popped up on Instagram. But I saw an advert somewhere online presumably directed at me through the great algorithm that decides what we do and don't like. Well, now we've been talking about didgeridoos. Based on our previous preferences, and, you know, we've talked about this before. A didgeridoo case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why do we need a didgeridoo case? I haven't even got a didgeridoo. Have you got a didgeridoo-don't? Well, apparently, <laughs> I must have. <laughs> but I was like, why is this being shown to me? I've, I've not even spoken about it. Now, of course, now, with the, you know, the listening microphone that we have all are all around us at the moment you'll be and surveillance capitalism i'm going to be bombarded with, with didgeridoo stuff now and yes but yeah i was just like what a random thing to suddenly get an a advert case. For. yeah like like i'm sitting there with a didgeridoo going gee i wish i had some way to transport this it's such a pain to carry around with me all the damn time no it's not a problem i'm having but wait algorithm yeah, just when you thought all hope was lost. Didgeridoo case. Oh, it's the perfect size for a femur and a tibia. Well, I think you could probably fit a few of those in there. Yeah, finger bones as well to kill up. The kill up. Yeah, so it was interesting that he confessed to how many? 35? No, 27. 27. But some of those apparently some, turned out to have yeah. still been alive. And and it's I like, did you forget who you killed? I or don't what know if he there? was being clever oh. in that kind of, I'm going to tell them I've murdered all these people, knowing full well that they're going to turn up alive. So then they're going to go, Well, what did, about the others? Did then? he murder anyone? Maybe, they've, maybe they really just, did run away. Yeah. yeah. Has he just made it all up? And then uh, just before being hung, hanged. Yeah. So just before being hanged, he then goes, Actually, I only murdered two people. But then I was thinking, mm. do you want to narrow that down a, a bit and tell us which two people? Because yeah. you, you've you been charged with one count of murder. Well, I mean, he almost definitely murdered his mate. His didn't mate, he? Patizel, yeah. And Which started as Patizel, I think. But, did and it? And then you changed it back to Patizel. So did it's I? now Patizel. <laughs> and I, I now think it was probably Peitzel. Peitzel. But whatever. So I have realised that Patizel was what Patizel... And might be Peitzel. I am not great with pronouncing things. So. Never mind. Yeah. But yeah, they say the, the murder count could be up, upwards of 200. 200, yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. But if you think it was a time where if I said to you, hey, I'm going on holiday, no, I'll send you a postcard. You again. It was just like, and then you, you don't know what, at what point along the way I went missing because, yeah. you know, especially back then. Yeah. You weren't being tracked all the time and. Uh, yeah. That kind of thing. I suppose, yes, because you wouldn't have, like, credit cards and stuff. You pay cash for things. You don't even have to leave your name, or they don't have to put your name down where, you, you know, as far as you're aware, there's no proof that there's no proof that these people actually went to that hotel because they paid with cash. Yeah. Um, and they just didn't write their name in the book. Mm. It's like, oh, no, they were never here. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that their bag over there? Oh no, that's very mine. difficult to prove things back then, especially without you know forensics of any kind and exactly. Or I suppose very rudimentary ones. Yeah, yeah, it couldn't 
I don't, well, I'd say it couldn't happen now, but you'd like to hope it couldn't happen now, but you don't know. I mean, it's, you know, you think about the Wests and, you know, things like that. It, yeah. And Harold Shipman and, it, you know, it's not impossible even now. It's, it must be, it must be so much more difficult. Yeah. But then that makes me think, God, they must, are they even more intelligent? Because, I mean, Fred and Rose West didn't look that intelligent. <laughs> not to be rude, but they didn't. No. You know, they didn't come across as, you know, I don't know, maybe then it's just a trust thing that people just wouldn't, you wouldn't ever expect. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the, they're just so ordinary and boring kind of thing that you yeah. wouldn't see it coming. God. Yeah. I don't know. It's always the quiet ones you've got to look out for. Apparently. Yeah. And I do most of my talking on here. I don't, which is terrifying. Yeah. For me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fascinating dude. Uh, just got up to pretty much everything he could have, really. Yeah, and I just, I, I know, I've, I've, said, I've said it a couple of times, you know, he, he wasn't even 35 when he died, yeah. when they killed him. Which just means he was just so productive. Yeah. And it kind of makes me feel like, not that I've wasted my life because I haven't built my own murder castle, um, <laughs> but it's... One would hope not. Exactly. But I suppose he did start very, very early, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it, it was, he was like a guy who just turned around and went, how much hell can I raise before I shuffle off this mortal coil? And decided to go for all, all of it. Because, yeah. I mean, he broke so many bloody laws. Well, that's it. And it's, because he, he was born in 1861 and he didn't commit his first murder until 1891. So he was 30. Yeah. And then died. So literally 30. So, and so four years. Four, in four years, he... Holy shit. I mean, when you said a handful of years, I thought maybe like seven, nine. No. Something like that. Four years to so do all that So by the age of incredible. 30, he, he had had his murder castle. Yeah. Because that's when it all started properly. Yeah. But before that, I mean, in the 15 years from, like, basically, I would say 14 years from leaving school and he'd conned, swindled... And there was rumours of Cheated, him actually yeah. being in, involved with the death of a, a friend when he was a kid. Right. But I, I couldn't find proper details on that. Okay. Because there was, a, there again, there was conflicting stories about his childhood. Some said he had a really normal childhood. Mm. And others were like, oh, yes, um, he was bullied and his school friends made him stand in front of a skeleton for a whole lunch break or something and it turned him a bit weird and he used to dissect animals and mm. and stuff and then the others you know others i think that's saying, too easy a cop out though because well, it's like it. you could have put another kid in front of a skeleton for a couple of hours and they wouldn't necessarily have turned out to be a serial killer exactly it's like you know as much as they say there's like the whole nature nurture thing that i, yeah. I feel like you know Bad things happen to lots of people all of the time, and they don't all end up, yeah, being serial killers, and murderers, and, yeah, you know, and, and horrible, horrible people. I think, Some grow I think up there's to be more to innateness to it. It was like the uh, Charles Bronson, not the actor. So, for those of you who don't know, there is in the UK a notorious prisoner who renamed himself Charles Bronson after the actor. And there's a very good film about him called Bronson, and he's played by Tom Hardy. Yeah. And in that, it goes into the fact that he had a very ordinary upbringing. Yeah. His parents are 
what you would class as normal, ordinary, law-abiding, kind of almost boring people. Yeah. And they gave him every kind of, you know, thing that you, you might expect, and he turned into a violent thug. Yeah. And it's just who he was, you know. So I think there is something to be said for the kind of innate nature that humans have. Mm. Because, you know, a lot of us aren't like our parents and we might like to think that that's because we've maybe consciously rejected some of the their ways or values or whatever. But some of it is just every person is, is an individual yeah. and at some level makes their own decisions. And we're all wired slightly differently. Yeah. You know? And, I, you know, it's like the, the one piece of advice I would say to people who are becoming parents is... Don't expect your kid to be like you. They really might not be. Yeah. You know, sometimes they are. Sometimes they kind of, you know, maybe your values are are just good and decent and they fall in line with that because they see the logic of it. But I don't know. I think I think everybody kind of makes their own choices at some point. And a, and a lot of it is based on your own innate nature of who you are as a person. You know, there's a lot of stuff I've rejected from my parents. My parents neither of my parents were the least bit interested in kind of vegetarianism or animal rights or anything like that and you know i'm as you are vegan and we kind of not activists to be honest with you we're pretty kind of passive passive aggressive (laughs) maybe yeah um but you know the most i do is is i give some money to the rspb every month and you know that's that's about it really you know i'm not a member of greenpeace even or anything like that but i am vegan and i and, and you know i've got a, a biological father who ran his own restaurant which prided itself on things like you know roast beef and beef wellington and you know, meat dishes basically yeah so you do kind of decide very much yourself what your own moral compass guides you towards i think so yeah you could be the best parents in the world and you could have a kid that turns out like Charles Bronson or H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, which is also terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think you get as much say in how your kid turns out as we think. I think, you know, there are lots of things that parents can do. I that think can Im- there was a study done that their kids, later, kids are more but... influenced by their peers than their parents. Well, yeah, that was, it was partly a, a study on how accents are either passed on or not in familial groups and it found that children whose parents are immigrants almost you know a a large proportion don't have the immigrant accent their parents had from the country their parents are from they have the accent of the country they're from now that might just be conscious a conscious effort to fit in to the society they find themselves in but it shows that they are more socialised by their peer group than their parents in a lot of mm. ways. Because if it was, if the parents were, were such a big influence on the children, they would have the same accent as their parents. Yeah, you know, and and oftentimes when people have emigrated, it's not the case. The kids grow up with the local accent, probably unless you're British, in which case you know that wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> I've got a friend who moved to America. Both her little mm. boys are very American. Yeah, it's like you you listen to her, and she'll every now and again there'll be a little twang. Yeah, but them, it's just like oh my goodness, 
like little cowboys because they were in Texas to start off with. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and then she'll say something. I'll go, no. No. No, that's, that's not how you that's say not it. That's how you say it, no. <laughs> it's like, what? sorry, you're going on vacation. Do you mean you're going on holiday? Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a weird topic. Because again, like you said, his, his parents were kind of ordinary, didn't, you know, massively now, abuse yeah. him as far as anybody's aware or mm. anything like that. Some some people just turn out bad. Yes, bad seed. Yeah. Mad, bad and dangerous to know. Yeah, I mean, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You don't want to be staying in his hotel. But then there's the people who, like the lucky escape thing, like the, the third wife, the second wife. I don't even know what happened to the second wife. But yeah, I don't think they they weren't on the... Well, I mean, the third wife, he was about to run off with her. But there was nothing to say what happened to the second wife. The, the first wife left and was like, has been recorded as saying she didn't really, doesn't know what happened to him after he let, like she left him. Yeah. But it's like the lucky escape, love. Yeah. He no literally kidding. dodged a bullet or, you, or a knife yeah, or, or acid yeah. pit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll give American Horror Story another try. I mean, but I'll watch it again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Okay. Well, anyway, I hope you found that vaguely entertaining, Sam. And um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, do we have a fun fact this week? No. Do you have a fun fact this week? I thought I did, but now I've got to it. I don't know. I've got kind of an interesting fact. But it's not weird, particularly. So in April, and we've only just had the data back now to confirm, we flew a probe within 8.1 million miles of the sun's surface, and it flew through the sun's corona and magnetic field and brought back readings. Ooh. Yeah. And what did it find? Anything interesting? It's still going to take a while to kind of sift through a lot of the data, but yeah, some of the findings so far have been kind of intriguing apparently no that can't be right apparently reindeer make excellent getaway cars in siberia people often use reindeer to escape from crime scenes and the russian police are now asking to have their their snowmobiles replaced with reindeers wow i'm like that can't be true i don't know but that just makes me think like what did Santa do? Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's he running from? What's he running from? How does from? he know who's naughty and nice? Surely only Google knows that. I don't know. Anyway, so, very quickly, where can they find us? On the sofa. Actually, I'm not on the sofa. I'm You're on not the chair. You? I'm on the sofa. Yeah. So, if you have enjoyed my ramblings this episode... You can look us up, give us a follow, leave us a review, let us know what you think in a couple of different ways. Yep. They are email. Stories of strangeness at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. And Instagram. Instagram.com slash stories of strangeness. You're way too quick. Yep. Uh, we have a website. Stories of strangeness.com. Woo. And if you would like to support this venture in a monetary fashion, you can find us on Redbubble. Yep. And search for Zoe and Mike, all one word. And we've got our logo on a random variety of things, plus some doodles and bits and bobs that we have done. Yep. 
you can also find us on Patreon. Patreon. So if you are interested in extra content. Extra content. Then for, is it £3 a month? Yes. You can get extra content, which will consist of minisodes. Yep. Where we ramble even more. Yep. And... Outtakes. Outtakes. And some time-lapse videos of the art that we used to do for the show, which we no longer have time to. Well, we might do if we go into lockdown again, lovely. Who knows? Who knows? And if you do join us on Patreon, we will give you a shout out. You will have our undying gratitude. Yep. And uh, we might do a competition soon. Okay. Let's do a Patreon competition. Okay. Or let's do a general competition. I don't know. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, we could do one of each. We could do... <gasps> oh. One, one for general listeners and one for Patreon subscribers only. Okay. Exclusivo. Okay, so I don't know why I'm singing so much this evening, but it, it seems to be that the thing. Really? Yeah. Like, is that like literally the first time you've sung? Nope. Maybe I just don't notice it anymore. No. You... <laughs> no. No. Oh, goodness, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, just to say uh, there are non-monetary ways you can support the show, which is to tell people you think would be interested in the show to have a listen. Make sure you subscribe and also to... Leave us a review. Yes, thank you. the place where you listen to us. That was the one. Yeah. And Facebook and share stuff. Yeah. Sharing is caring. And get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Do you have a strange story? I want to tell other people's strange stories so I don't have to do the work. (laughs) Fair enough. And with that, it just remains to say, see ya. Bye. Bye. Love you.